Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. Hello, this is Pastor Andy, and I just wanted to thank you for tuning into our podcast. We've been really enjoying this series, Metamorphosis, with Bishop Jamie Engelhart. Unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties this second session, and only about a quarter of it was recorded. So go ahead and enjoy the uh, little bit that did record, and I encourage you to listen again to session one, and also come next week and join us Wednesday night, 7 p.m. at Faith City Church, 806 Main Street in Fenton, Michigan, for the conclusion of the series, Metamorphosis. Hope to see you soon. Love is hanging on the cross and so concerned about his own mom, he reminds her of the the one promise she would have been taught as a little Hebrew girl, that the first promise that God gave to the serpent is from the seed of the woman is going to come one that is going to crush your head. And when he said to her, woman, something jumped on the inside of her, and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm the woman. He's the seed. This is not going to last forever. He's about to redeem all of humanity. He's about to crush the head of the serpent. He's about to redeem all of humanity. From the seed of the woman will come. That's where the seed has to get out of the he into the she. See, this, this happens in all kinds of different ways. We get into service, and our spirit man during worship, our spirit man is ready. Our spirit man's ready to receive. Our spirit man, our spirit man gets excited because your, your he's normally always more ready than your she. Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on, gentlemen, tell the truth. Shame the devil. But then all of a sudden, in the middle of the service, it seems like uh, we practice safe church. And it's normally around offering time. And all of a sudden, that, that's why I actually had someone tell me not too long ago that had been in my dad's church for like 15 years. And all of a sudden, one day, they just became givers. I mean, they'd heard all the sermons on tithing and giving and everything else. And all of a sudden, I looked at him and I said, oops. <laughs> He's like, huh? I said, some seed got in there. All, all of a sudden, 15 years, you were hearing it and just kept latexing that thing up. Hey, imagine. <laughs> Pardon me. I, listen, I, I'm used to folks in the cities. Just, just know. I know I'm in the burbs. Just give me some grace. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. But you see, the enemy cannot mess with your spirit, man. That's why a believer cannot be possessed. We can be oppressed. Not that you can't have a demon. I mean, that's in your soul. That's why deliverance is the children's bread. Actually, deliverance is more for a believer. Why would you cast a demon out of an unbeliever when Jesus said seven more are going to come back and they're going to be worse than they ever were before? Deliverance is actually for believers, not unbelievers. It's the children's bread. You know, we freak out. And, oh, I don't have, I don't have. I'm like, all right. You fasted and prayed 20 to 30 days, three times to stop doing that and you keep doing it. Something's going on. 
You've been prayed for by everybody. You went to a Benny meeting and he threw his coat on you. That preacher dumped water. I'm listen, I've been in services, man. They dump jugs of water over me. I mean, I've had oil dumped. <laughs> We're in an RW Shambach meeting one time, man. He'd drop his hands in them big old buckets at his tent and then smack you on the head. And I'm like, he either got healed or zits about three days later, you know, just. <laughs> it was just, just the stuff that we did, man. You know, hey, if you get free, knock me over. I don't care. That's right. I receive it by faith in Jesus' name. But you see, that's why when you get to the book of Revelation, it says this. It says that there was this harlot of Babylon, harlot of confusion, who lays with 17 kings. There's exactly 17 works of the flesh in the book of Revelation, called the kings of carnality. If your soul, your woman, lays around with your flesh, you're going to get in a mess. Happen every single time. But this Harlot says this, and understand something. In the world, we start out a virgin and we can become a harlot. In the kingdom, your soul starts out a harlot. And he said, I will present you as a chaste virgin. It's called the renewing of the mind. Are, 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 y'all, are y'all tracking with me, okay? And this woman in the book of Revelation says this. She said, I sit a queen and I am no widow. Now, the reason it's important, I don't have time to get through tonight, but I really want to encourage you to, to go back later tonight and read Romans chapter 7, like 1 through about 6 or 8, where Paul is talking about the difference between being married to the law. He's speaking mainly to Jewish believers. And he's talking about being married to the law. No longer are we married to the law, but now married to the one who gave himself and died for us. You see, it was Babylon, Jerusalem, the Jews, who still believed that the law was functioning. Many of them did not have the revelation that Jesus was the Messiah, and he had now made the law obsolete. And so they were still offering sacrifices. They were still bringing all of their animals until the temple got destroyed in 70 AD. From 33 or so AD all the way to 70 AD, they kept going to the temple, and they kept thinking everything was okay there. And most of the book of Revelation is talking about that, but again, that's, that's a whole other subject. And, and he starts talking in those ways, and he said, I sit a queen and am no widow. In other words, our soul, Babylon, is still ruling because our first husband, the law, is still alive. Do, do, do you realize now, now, this is what most end-time teachers teach this, that, that someday after Jesus returns, we get to go to heaven and we get to have the marriage supper of the Lamb. The marriage supper of the Lamb is where we become fully consummated. So uh, we're betrothed now, but then we consummate the marriage in the new millennium. The problem with that is that means if there's any intimacy now, it's called spiritual fornication. I want you to think about that. All right, If you're not already married to him and you're having intimacy with him, You're fornicating. I know y'all are looking at me really funny right now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Pastor Andrew, where'd you get this crazy guy from? Bay City? He's just up the road. Can any good thing come out of him? See, listen, Jesus said this at the Last Supper. He takes the wine and he said, I will not drink of this cup again until 
I enter into my kingdom. Let me tell you something. On the day of Pentecost, he popped the cork. We've been drinking the new wine for 2,000 years. And if we're not, then we're in a world of hurt. Because that means we've been being intimate with someone that we're betrothed to, but we're not actually married to. We're no longer married to the law, but we're now married to the one who gave himself and died for us. When you read Romans 7, it's all talking about marriage and, 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 and all of that. He said, but once the one dies, it releases the one to now be married to another. The law was dealt with at the cross. It was made obsolete. According to, according to Ephesians chapter 2, it was abolished. It has already been done away with. You and I not only are not under law, we were never under law. The only way you get put under law is you come to church and we preachers told you you were under law. That's what got you put under law over and over and over again. And then you try to have intimacy and instead you act like a spiritual harlot because you still believe that your first husband, the law, is still alive and you're sitting as a queen and your soul is ruling when your spirit should be ruling. Listen, we've got to become convinced our first husband is dead. We are dead to the law and alive unto Christ. This has been dealt with once and for all. Now you're he and you're she. Need to become united, as I shared with you last week in Hebrews 4. Soul and spirit, no division, no veils. Becoming one and becoming United. So maybe Paul was trying to say something when he said, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, and wives submit to your husbands. Maybe he was also peeling the onion a little bit and just showing us, Soul, submit to your spirit. Paul put it like this also. He said, When you gather together in the sanctuary, in 2 Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians 14, I think. So when you gather together in the sanctuary, he said, tell your woman, your women, to shut up. Now we know historically what was going on is women would sit at the back, men would sit at the front. And when someone would be teaching, you know, a woman or a wife would shout up to her husband, what's he talking about? Explain it to me. And Paul was just saying, listen, the women that are at the back, rather than this just get chaotic, wait till you get home and ask your husband. But I believe there's a beautiful spiritual picture also. He said, when you gather together in the sanctuary, tell your soul. If she got a question, ask her husband. He that is an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, not just what your soul dreamt up. Hear what he is speaking to us, not not what she dreamt up. I've, I've sat under so much eisegesis in my life where the preachers just got up and said, I read this passage and and didn't go into any historical background, didn't get into anything at all, and just say, this is what God revealed to me. And I'm like, might actually be what God revealed to you, but that was maybe for your personal devotions and it wasn't doctrine. Because God can take stuff out of context to minister to your spirit. I mean, he'll take a passage of scripture that don't mean at all what he's about to say to you, but to minister to your heart as you're reading it, because it's alive. He's like, man, I'm going to minister right to your heart. The problem is when people go try to preach that as the meaning of it. 
rather than just realizing, listen, and there's, there's one meaning, but there's many applications. So even the soul and spirit stuff, this isn't the meaning stuff. This is an application. This is a, I like to call it a peeling of the onion. And the more you peel the onion, the more layers you find. There's, the scriptures are multidimensional. God could speak to us in so many different ways, but maybe he also was telling Timothy something when he said this. He said, I suffer not a woman to teach. I don't think that had anything to do with females. First of all, it's the Greek word gune, which is translated wife almost every other place in scripture. So he wasn't talking about females not being able to do anything in the church. What he's saying is wives that are not submitted to their husbands don't teach in the church. I mean, that's more what he was talking about. It was more about an issue of structure and order. It didn't have anything to do whatsoever with women can't do anything because if women can't speak in the church, why are we letting them sing up on the platform? Singing is speaking. I, I, I mean, listen, obviously, historically, there were reasons for all that, but maybe maybe just to peel that onion a little bit, Paul was also saying, listen, you know what? I, I don't want to just hear what your woman dreamt up last week. I, I want to know what is what is the Spirit saying to us? What, 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 what covenant are we actually under? What is this that we're really trying to learn right now? I, I, I want to encourage you to go through, and you get into the book of Proverbs, and you, amen, wisdom is called a she, and where does wisdom manifest? It's all in your thinking. Then you get into the Song of Solomon, and I didn't want to go there tonight because you'd blush. There's all kinds of stuff on he and she and soul and spirit and the heart. The heart of the Father is, is my he is fully saved. But I now need to get my woman saved. And that's not me trying to get my wife transformed. It's about allowing an impregnation of what's finished in my spirit to get out into my mind, will, and emotions. And then it will birth something that will produce life physically. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul is prospering. In other words, the more health in our soul, the more health in every area of our lives. It's why we walk through this process of life. Isaiah put it like this, and I'll give it to Pastor. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, and he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted. It's that phrase, brokenhearted, is the shattered soul. The anointing is also here to bind up or heal our shattered mind and our shattered soul. And he changes us and transforms us. Now next week, we're going to walk through a little bit more of that process, kind of practically on things that God works out of us. I, I, I pray you heard my heart in the midst of some of my, some of my holler and this thing kind of gets me. I, I want to run off in so many different directions. Uh, but I, I thank you for your patience with me. I want to do one thing. Uh, just put your hands up near your head like this, would you? And I want to speak a blessing over you. Father, I, I thank you for the seed that has been planted over the last week or so. Not only that, but all of the seed that was planted before, Father, that was true kingdom seed, incorruptible seed. Lord, I ask that the corruption 
the wrong ideas and the wrong doctrine and the wrong teaching and our wrong thinking would be rooted out of us. And that right thinking would begin to manifest in us, that we would have Christ revealed in us and through us in greater measure. Transform our minds so that we think like you. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.